Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. Pro Football Focus uses our exclusive data on every play of every game to bring you the best fantasy stats and projections. Join PFF Edge for full access to our expert rankings, draft tools, matchup charts, and of course our award-winning content. Are you a high-stakes player? Join PFF Elite, which includes our premium stats database, Greenline game picks, and DFS optimizer powered by our fantasy projections. Join PFF Fantasy and prepare to win. Sign up now at ProFootballFocus.com. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush Podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. Welcome back, 49ers fans. Uh, Today we are going to be breaking down the defensive performances and the recent loss to the Texans. We lost 13-16 to at Houston, and we're going to be giving out defensive MVP and runner-up, stock-up, stock-down reports, and the major concerns slash weaknesses that continue to arise with our defense. So stay tuned. That's kind of what we got going on here today, and it's going to be a very stat-heavy episode. If you couldn't tell from the PFF (laughs) intro, they are sponsoring our podcast, and it's great. I mean, they have so much information, and we're going to utilize that and make sure You guys understand everything that has gone on in this game and what that means for us. So, right off the bat, MVP, surprise, surprise, Sheldon Day absolutely just balled out. He came out and just, man, it it was awesome. Our runner-ups were Akilo Witherspoon, DJ Jones, and then a distant fourth, Fred Warner, the rookie getting in there, getting his first game action, looked absolutely incredible. So we'll get into why those guys kind of what they did to stand out later on. But the inactives of this game were many. (laughs) Um, This kind of happens in the preseason. There are some guys that probably could have played if this was a regular season or postseason game. But Eric Armstead, Richard Sherman, Kawan Williams, Solomon Thomas, then Marcel Harris, Contavious Street, and Malcolm Smith, and also, man, got, I didn't get to talk about this last episode because I was so upset. Terrell Williams, he is on IR. If you didn't see what happened, the very last practice, 
that we had versus the Texans in one-on-one drills. He went out of bounds on one-on-ones on a contested route and came down on a concrete, slipped and fell on the concrete off to the side and messed up his knee. Now, luckily for him, there is no surgery needed. However, if you know, this was my guy. I was, I was, I had all chips in on him, and it seems like that ship has sailed. However, they do have him on IR, but my guess as to what will happen is I think that they are going to release him and do like an injury settlement type of thing, which means that he could possibly come back for the 49ers after week eight. He could sign with any team after he gets healthy. It's a four to six week injury, but I think we'll see his name again. I really, really do, whether that's a practice squad candidate halfway through the year or if our safety situation is not all cleared up. Man, who knows? Possibly he could come back if he is fully healthy in week eight, but only if they do release him. So I don't. If they keep him on IR, he will not play this year for anybody. But if they release him, he'll be able to sign with somebody else. But huge bummer there. Now let's get to some good news. There were no injuries for the defense, pretty much all game. Recent news just came out about Joe Williams. I know he's an offensive guy, but he uh, has some rib issues, and he's going to be out for a while. That running back position is getting worse and worse. So. That's kind of what's going on today, and before we get into our drives and all the players and all the crazy notes, I want to say take some time out and head over to gamedaysportsandmemorabilia.com. They have a ridiculous amount of 49er stuff over there. We've talked about it, and everything's fully backed. It's 100% authenticated, and there is no guessing work. If you got a birthday or Father's Day or Christmas or whatever you celebrate, that's what I'm asking for. So tell your family just to head over there and see what they got. There is so much awesome stuff. I just love jerseys. They are like my favorite thing. And an autographed jersey that costs about the exact same as buying an NFL jersey, just straight up. You can't go wrong with that. So head over there, gamedaysportsandmemorabilia.com, and see what they got going on. Now, good news, bad news. Right off the bat, our defense comes out, and, man, we got our starters got driven on back-to-back weeks. First drive of the game, Deshaun Watson comes out, and Deshaun Watson is good. Deshaun Watson is, in fact, really, really good. And the sad thing is, man, Ellington just torched us. The former 49er, he took it to us, and a lot of this had to do with Jaquiski Tart and Jimmy Ward. Holy freaking cow, those two guys had terrible games. And Colbert even got whipped, too. And if you go back to when we drafted Adrian Colbert in the seventh round last year, the critique was he's a huge hitter, but he doesn't wrap up. And this was what kept him on the sidelines a lot in college with Miami and the University of Texas. And, man, we've been lucky. It has not reared its ugly head yet. We saw that in the first drive. He came up to lay the wood and knocked the crap out of the guy, but he didn't wrap up, so he just bounced off like a pinball and went another 22 yards after that. So I'm glad that this happened in preseason. It was bound to happen eventually. But that's a that's you can correct that. It's been on film. And he's been lucky, so hopefully they get after him there. But after that, things got a lot better. Three straight punts um, after the touchdown drive. Then they got a field goal. Then we caused a fumble. And then punt, three and out, three and out. And then the touchdown at the very, very end to lose the game. And we'll talk about Mosley. He kind of killed us at the end there. Gave up in the middle of a play because he wanted to complain to a teammate. But anyway, some of the biggest takeaways from this game defensively is no pressures. We didn't get one sack the entire game, which is just, again, there, there's a direct correlation with teams that get sacks in the playoffs. 
Last year, seven of the eight top teams in the playoffs, um, they, they were the sack leaders. So if you are in the top eight with sacks, you're in the playoffs basically except for one team. So you just got to understand that this is huge because it's a drive killer. Every time you get a sack, and it, it's been no mystery, this is our greatest weakness on our team is getting pressure on the outside. DeForest Buckner, awesome up the middle. And so we just got to change this. And then penalties, of course, 15 penalties for 140 total yards. It's hard to win with that. It, 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 that's just a lot of yards. <laughs> and I understand it's the preseason. And we got all these new stupid rules. Sherman even went off talking about the helmet rule. And it is ridiculous. They've, they've got to figure out a way to get this under control. You have to change the game to keep it safe. I understand that. But, man, you, you can't make monumental changes so fast. So hopefully that gets corrected. Now let's go through and let's break down the players. We'll start up front with the big boys, and then we will work our way back to the secondary. And just spoiler alert, secondary played pretty bad for the most part. So DeForest Buckner, who is, as we all know, probably one of my favorite 49ers. Uh, absolutely just love that guy. He came out. He didn't play a whole lot. He only got 15 snaps. Looked good as always. There's nothing that guy can do. Got a decent bend. He even got a rush on the edge, which is so fun seeing. Like they're putting him out wide and just seeing what he can do. And he got a decent bend around the corner, but Watson stepped up in the pocket very, very well. It doesn't matter where we put Buckner. If we put him inside, the quarterback's going to step outside. If we put him outside, the quarterback's going to step up inside. Uh, we just need more DeForest Buckners, I guess. But he got two hurries on 11 pass rush snaps, and that was about it. He played that first drive. And that was pretty much it. Now, Blair, man, he, he played a lot of snaps. He really did. And it, kind of what's always the case with Ronald Blair, he plays really solid, but he doesn't make a lot of splash plays. He did get a tipped pass in the second quarter, and he blew up the mesh point one time on a zone replay that was just legit. But 39 snaps and just... That, he just doesn't flash a lot. He is the perfect backup, and I don't have a problem with him backing up all four defensive lines. He could play nose tackle because he's so, he anchors so well in place with great leverage. Uh, probably five-tech or three-tech is his best spot, but he could go outside as well. He's not too bad in a running situation, definitely not pass situation. So Ronald Blair, he's going to be sticking around for a while. Cassius March, man, decent pass rusher pressure, but not enough. Two hurries on 15 snaps, and he just gets shut down quick if he doesn't judge the snap correctly. He is a 100% speed guy, but if he doesn't get it, and, and it's not so much speed because he's pretty slow. He's not a great athlete, but if he times the snap and gets leverage on the guard to the or the tackle to the outside, then he can be productive. However, there are so many plays where it's just like two steps into the snap, you're like, that guy's done. And that's a huge, that's rough. You don't want that. So not a great game, not a bad game. It's it's kind of who he is. Now, Itachu, uh-oh, he got a lot, a lot, a lot of snaps. And it did not fare too well. <laughs> um, he got 44 snaps, one of the leaders as far as total snaps, him and Anton Exum. But, man, he didn't really do a lot. And he had the huge penalty where he led with his helmet on uh, tackling the guy. The ball carrier, that's what it is. It was a dumb helmet call, but it, it still counts. It's 15 yards. He made a couple really good inside pass rush moves in the run game, but he he blew his gap several times and allowed big rush, rushing gains just because of gap integrity, 
and he, PFF graded him out as the fir- fifth worst player in the entire game. And you can't do that. You you got to play better. But this was his first time back, so we'll, we'll just kind of have to wait and see what he does. But one of the guys he's somewhat competing with is Julian Taylor. If you look at what Julian Taylor did last week where he came out and got all those snaps, he only got 13, and he was out there with the ones. So, man, maybe the coaching staff's trying to sell us something like, we are planning, they're treating him like a starter where he was out there and then they took him off right after the seri- first series was done and that was just kind of it. Now, he didn't play well. The few plays where he got great penetration and beat his man, the ball went away. So uh, he wasn't really given the opportunity to make those plays like he did later on in the week. But the great news that we can say here is he was getting whipped by the first team last week. He held his own this week. You know, nothing special, but with only 13 snaps, it's such a small sample size, it's kind of rough. But again, zero recorded stats, zero hurries. Yeah, nothing special, but nothing too bad either. Earl Mitchell, he didn't have a great game, but his backup sure as hell did. DJ Jones came out, and man, holy freaking cow. The kid just played great. Looked amazing, looked quick, looked strong, and he was just playing with the fire underneath his butt. I don't know what happened, but I've never seen him jump off the ball like that on a consistency. Uh, we see, we've seen DJ Jones hustle and make plays, but usually it's one play on, one play off, or something along those. He looked great. He got 21 snaps. He actually graded out as the highest by pro football focus with a 91.4 grade. Um, So him and Sheldon Day were the only ones over 90, and we didn't have another player over 80. So maybe hopefully that tells you exactly what he was able to do. But he got a forced fumble that Fred Warner was able to get, and he took part in another forced fumble that eventually was a tackle for loss because he he knocked the ball out and the guy fell on it, but it's what it is. Still lost like five yards on that play. So part of two forced fumbles, two hurries, and he had two unaccredited run stops, which basically means this, or unassisted, I apologize, where he made the stop in the run game without any assistance whatsoever and, man, just graded out positive on almost all the plays. He just looked great. So very, very happy with our interior guys. And a lot of this has to do with who we were playing. We played the worst offensive line in the entire NFL this week. The Houston Texans are dead last in my offensive line rate ratings. They are 32, barely ahead of the Seattle Seahawks at 31. And then there's a huge gap. Those two teams are just, they're garbage up front. I don't, I don't know what they're trying to do. So that played a lot, and that's reflected in the rankings as far as uh, PFF scores. We scored great up the middle. Our interior guys scored wonderful. So Sheldon Day, our MVP, he comes in, he gets 35 snaps, 11 against the rush, and 24 in pass coverage, and he graded out positive all the way across. One hit on the quarterback, one hurry, five solo tackles, four unassisted run stops by himself. He he also got in on that forced fumble. He was the one that was credited with the statistic of forced fumble, but it was Sheldon Day and DJ Reed that got in on that hit. And so the kid just balled out and hustle plays. My favorite play of the entire game was it was about third and eight, and the quarterback stepped up to scramble. They got a pretty slow guy back there. Um, no, uh, And what happens is he caught the quarterback from behind and tackled him a yard short of the first down just because of great effort. And that forced a punt, and it was in the middle of the field too because if they would have got that first down, they would have 
almost been in field position with another first down. So he was able to keep points off of the board on that drive just because of effort. So the defensive MVP, there's not a whole lot that stood out as far as the defensive line. Um, Eli Harold looked all right. He made a nice play stringing out the run play to the sidelines. But again, he didn't really get a lot of snaps. And so so that's always going to be part of it. it. It's hard in the preseason to judge who is, you know, dominating and who's not. Because, again, you're not giving a lot of snaps to these guys. It's just what it is. So let's move on to Pita Tamapinu. I love this guy, but he didn't get much playing time again. I was hoping after he played very, very well in the first week of the preseason, they would get him more snaps. They didn't. He only got seven snaps. So he's going to have to find a way. Now, I will say this. You know, if you have to look whenever you're trying to make your roster predictions after cutdowns, you got to look at special teams. They don't usually shake up the special teams, at least the starters. And if you're in on a bunch of those, that plays a role. And Pete is in on those. So that makes me think that he is going to be kept and that they have already made their mind. They're just trying to look at these other guys. But I want him to get more snaps. Seven's not enough. This kid needs work. So we'll just have to wait and see. His biggest problem is he relies on that spin move. He's a quick dude, and he'll push the upfield shoulder of the tackle in the pass rush then try to spin inside, and it doesn't work too great all the time. It's rough to always rely on that move. So I, I want to see some more, more moves from him. But, again, he's got to play more. I don't understand why we're not getting him more snaps. I really wish that would be changed. Um, all right, Ruben Foster. Man, he's getting snaps, 33 snaps, and – Holy freaking cow. Uh, one of the <laughs> amazing tackle for loss in the run game on the second drive and just totally killed the drive, forced uh, them to punt, flying around, making plays everywhere. And the thing with him is we, we get that he can stop the run. He's one of the best in the NFL at it. But he was targeted twice in the passing game and had one pass breakup off of two targets. And the other one, he had super close coverage. And the wide receiver, uh, it was just a bad pass of wide receiver So because of the close coverage. The kid is balling out. It's going to be very hard not having him for the first few weeks because of his suspension. But, man, once we get to week three and four, it's going to just change. We're going to feel so much better about what is going on. Brock Coyle. He got the start, obviously. He seems like he's kind of locking that part down, which I hate to see at will. Um, I don't think that will last throughout the season. Uh, maybe through week four, that's about it. Warner's going to take that spot. And let's talk about Warner. Man, I really like this kid. There was one point in the game where Warner made three straight plays, two straight tackles, but then he, the next play, he made a great play because he pushed the run into his opposing side because he maintained outside leverage. He was at the will spot. So he forced the run inside when the ball carrier didn't want to, and it was a nominal game. But he played 33 snaps, three and a half tackles, and recovered a fumble as well. I mean, just the dude's all over the place. And it was cool because he came in on the second um, series right after we gave up the touchdown. He took Brock Coyle's spot, and he got a lineup again right next to Reuben Foster, and it was just like, this is our future at the linebacker position. So it was a lot of fun. Kid played great. So excited. He looks the part. He looks special. He looks huge. Even He, he looked really big when you watch his college film back at BYU, but <laughs> he looks big versus the NFL guys. He's a big kid, so excited to see what he's going to bring. Elijah Lee, he got some playing time. 
late. Uh, 38 snaps at will linebacker as well. And, man, this kid just needs to calm down. He seems to have all the tools. He is always around the ball. He dropped a huge interception that would have been amazing. But it was great coverage nonetheless. It was a will route to kind of the tight end. And he just took an awesome drop and sprinted, got his butt there, and broke it up. Got both of his hands on the ball. Should have been a touch or an interception, but it's what it is. He dropped it. It's still a pass breakup, and you know it forced a field goal. He got a 15-yard penalty because he hit the quarterback in the head. That was kind of a dumb play. He just needs to chill out. He's like too amped up. <laughs> Some players have no emotion. This kid's got too much, and you got to kind of find a happy medium to where you can play but the good news is like he flashes and that's what you want out of these guys can he be an elite player can he be a solid contributing starter this defense and with elijah lee hell yeah he can he's just got to chill out so let's jump now to the secondary akilo witherspoon akilo witherspoon he looked the part now he gave up a couple receptions he had a uh he was targeted six times and gave up three catches but, man, those catches were <laughs> tough catches. He does not give up space. I am so happy about this kid because, man, he by far is the best player in our secondary right now. Um, outside of Richard Sherman, of course, but he hasn't suited up yet. Our safeties play trash. Jimmy Ward is basically unplayable. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that guy. Um, but, anyway. And on top of the coverage, which is obviously that's the number one thing with our corners, he had two solo run stops where he came up and attacked the ball. I've never seen this kid play this way. So that in and of itself is this is a great game to look at because, man, if you go back to his film, this kid was scared of contact. He got a concussion last year, and he didn't even hit anybody. I'm not even joking. He dove, ducked his head, and landed on the ground and gave himself a concussion last year. But he has stepped up, and he has changed the way that he is playing. Very, very excited about him. Gave up very little space on every route. It was targeted on third down a few times and forced to punt twice because of his coverage. I, the kid's just good. He is really, really, really good. Um, huge props to Akilah Witherspoon. It's crazy to think that cornerback is going to be the strength of our defense. I cannot think of the last time we've been able to say that, but it's what it is. Uh, DJ Reed, who was kind of the star, one of the stars late in the game last week, he played okay. He had a big kickoff return that was great. A nice pre uh, pass breakup on third down. Love this guy, but not a lot of splash plays there. Tyrus Powell, he played really, really well. A lot of contested plays. But, man, something about him just bothers me with the way he plays his technique. He's very, very long and looks the part. But I want to see more Tavarius Moore. And this guy just, I don't know. He looks awesome. His technique is his technique is trash. I'm going to be really honest with you. But his makeup speed and straight line speed and hips are unreal with that length. So he missed his gap on a kickoff coverage, gave up a huge play for like 40 yards, but luckily it got called back on penalties. They got a re-kick. Then, and this is great, he made a mistake. He shot inside when he shouldn't have and left his, his gap in kickoff return coverage. 
And so there's penalties. They re-kick it. He flies down there and makes a play on the 15-yard line. So you, you love to see that he was able to adjust and correct that and not respond and pout. Instead, he got pissed off and went down there and made a play, which for cornerback and secondary, you're going to need that because you will get beat at some point in your career um, out there on the edge by yourself, especially in this defensive scheme. We allow you to stay on an island. Um, had good coverage, but was called for pass interference. It was pass interference, but again, you want to see that he is close and not giving up space. Amazing tipped pass that led to the interception from Mosley. He should have picked off the pass personally, but he tipped it up, and we cleaned it up, so that is great. Uh, really excited about this kid. I really am. I doubt he's going to play much this year. I, I hope that he just learns and steps in for Sherman whenever Sherman decides to be done. So, a couple more guys. Let's finish these up. McFadden got in late, looked really, really good, almost had a pick and dropped his. I think McFadden is going to make this roster as an undrafted free agent. I really like him. Greg Maben, great coverage deep, knocked the ball away. He got up a little slow, looked like he got the breath knocked out of him, seemed like he was okay. That was about the closest injury we had on defense. So that's great. Colbert, I talked about his missed tackle. Man, Jaquiski Tart was absolutely abused on that opening drive. They picked on him from start to finish. I, I, I'm not sure <laughs> what's going to happen with him. We, we are banking on him. I, I, we just are. He's got to step up his game. And this position, I think, is the weakest position or one of the weakest positions on our defense, that strong safety or in-the-box safety. Uh, Terrell Williams looked great at it. He's gone. Tart looked awful. Terrible pursuit angle. Gave up a huge uh, play on the opening drive. Gave up space to a tight end on an out route for an almost touchdown. Tackled him on the one-yard line. Then two plays later, gets burned in the slot because he ran the wrong coverage. Everybody was in man. He was playing zone, and he left his man wide open and just looked confused. So you're talking four plays that he was negative, and they attacked him in the opening drive. You just can't have that. He's young. Uh, he's a big splash play player whenever he plays, but that was awful. Uh, one of the worst drives from a defender I have seen in a long time. So hopefully he responds. Uh, we we got to have better because he's a starter, and that's all there is to it. Jimmy Ward, jeez, um, man, just giving up separation to every single person he covers. He can't guard the slant to save his life. Um, he is great when the player decides to stay outside, but only for 15 yards. So he can't stay outside and play deep, and he can't play against the slant or inside routes. It's just Sammy Coates lit this kid on fire. And last week, it was Michael Gallup, a rookie, a third-round rookie, that tore him up. He's just He looks like Dante Johnson out there. Just where he's in, the team says, all right, attack 20. That's their guy. Just go get him. So Coates owned him and targeted five times, gave up three first downs in those five targets. In the other two, the wide receivers dropped open passes. So he was 0 for 5 on targets. And I don't know, man. Something's got to change. The next worst performance was Chancellor James. Holy cow. This kid. I was really excited about what he was going to bring. He got injured last year, was put on IR. He, he got to take snaps with the second team. He was the third worst defender. <laughs> Only Chiquisky Tart and Emmanuel Mosley was worse than him, and they were all bad. He looked lost. He had no clue what was going on. Missed tackles, bad angles. Given up a lot of space, lost his man on a bootleg pass and gave up a free first down because he was undisciplined. So hopefully he'll respond because, again, this strong safety position, it's our worst position. 
It, 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 that and pass rush on defense, hands down, this is where we are weak. Exum looked good, played a lot of snaps with the second team, um, knocked the living life out of Sammy Coates on a clean play, and they didn't throw a flag. Um, and so he was done. It couldn't believe there's no penalty. It's the biggest hit of the game, but it's what it was. Mosley, he did make the interception, but he only made the interception because his teammate tipped it to him. He was actually in bad position on that play. And, again, very, very bad. And he gave up the game-winning touchdown. And the reason why he gave up the game-winning touchdown because he wanted to complain. He got beat deep and just gave up on the play whenever the receiver was about seven yards outside. All he had to do was touch his leg, and it would have been down, and it could have forced something because we still had the lead. And instead, he decided to complain. He turned and started whining. The coach in me just lost my mind on that play. Um, but anyway, hopefully this kid learns and grows from it. He had a really bad game. Again, the worst graded defender. So, I mean, that's the thing. If we look at the worst graded defenders, for, according to Pro Football Focus, Mosley, Tart, James, Ward, Atachu. That is not okay. If we look at the highest graded players, according to Pro Football Focus, DJ Jones, Sheldon Day, uh, Mabin, Reed, DJ Reed, and DeForest Buckner. So a lot of the same names up top. And Robbie Gold, I'll throw him in here. He looks awesome. I'm very excited that this guy is our kicker. We will win one or two games just because of him. So next week, we are going to be playing the Indianapolis Colts. We are on the road again. We have a 1.30 Pacific time kickoff. Really excited about this on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Now, I do want to let everybody know, I will not be live tweeting this game as I have been in the past. I will be in Vegas with Eat Sleep Fantasy. Um, if you haven't heard, I think I've talked about it on here before. I do a lot of fantasy content with them. We will be broadcasting live um, at the MGM at Top Golf for about six hours straight this day. So if you're in Vegas for fantasy football drafts, come hit us up at Top Golf or MGM. And uh, yeah, man, I'll buy you a beer. Just come up and say what's up. We'll see. Hopefully I don't get 100 people, but maybe a few people, that'd be good. And I will be getting a podcast out probably on Sunday whenever I get back. But I just want to let you know that it's going to be a little bit delayed next week for that third preseason game. But I promise to break down and bring you guys all the episodes just like normal. It's just going to be about a day late. So stay tuned. Appreciate it, guys. And stay strong, faithful. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.